Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have Hannah. Hannah is a wife mom to two littles and two angel babies, and a country girl at heart. A lover of birth and science who is particularly fascinated by the topic and study of pregnancy nutrition, Hannah's goal is to live a life in harmony with her beliefs, to live by faith, and to trust in the process of birth, life, and the universe. She encourages pregnant women to find the truth about birth and to trust it completely. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Oh, thank you so much. It is such a privilege and an honor and a blessing and all the things to have you on here today. So wherever you would like to begin your story, I would love to hear it and please share. Yeah. So. It is really exciting to be able to share my story and um, just to put it out there. And I think it's for me an experience to help me talk about it and also for other people to hear, just hopefully it can be a blessing and an inspiration to somebody to, um, to live out their own beliefs, especially when it comes to birth and all the things surrounding that, that really have such a big impact on our life and the way we live our life. So my birth stories, um, well, it really goes back farther than this birth I just had. Um, I was a C-section baby. My mom had three Mm. C-sections and she really wanted a natural birth. And that was something she grew up that as I grew up, she talked about and really grieved. And so I just always had it in my heart that I wanted a natural birth. And, um, with my first, I had, I had done like a bit of, um, research and I wasn't like completely ignorant, but I didn't have like all the knowledge. This was before I knew about indie birth and had learned so Mm -hmm. much of what I've learned now. So anyways, Mm -hmm. I ended up having like pregnancy complications, um, preterm labor. A lot of it was just due to, um, nutritional deficiencies And when it came down time for my delivery, um, I was early and I had a partial abruption and it did not end in a C-section though. I did have a vaginal birth, but it was a very traumatic hospital vaginal birth. So Mm. being, that was my first, that was my first experience. You know, my husband was there with me. My husband was like afraid I was going to die. It was just, it was very, very traumatic. And I don't want to like focus and dwell on that too much, but that kind of sets the the stage, if you would, for this um, past birth I just had with our son. So anyways, after just trying to process that birth and find more information and going forward, you know, getting pregnant again and in between our oldest, our daughter and our, our son. I had two miscarriages. So it was a journey of learning and up and down. And, um, and then coronavirus hit and, um, just the world just changed everything, you know, was so different as we all know. And, um, the feel was just so different and we had been trying and trying to get pregnant. And, I remember people like telling me like, oh, this is a horrible time to have a baby. You know, you shouldn't be trying to get pregnant. And that just didn't like set with me with my um, belief system and how, how I was viewing the whole um, 
situation with the virus. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I, we just, we kind of chose a different path. We weren't of the mindset to like lock down and wear masks and, and be like scared and in fear. That wasn't our mindset. That wasn't how we chose to live. And, and I don't know, it was almost like the same set mindset about birth. You know, we're not going to fear this, you know, um, it's just something natural. And so anyways, we ended up like just stopping trying to get pregnant and then we got pregnant, um, which so often happens Mm -hmm. with couples. (laughs) So it was quite a surprise. (laughs) Yes. And we were both really excited. And um, my husband actually did um, end up not being able to continue his job because of the virus. And so we were in this situation where we were living in an RV on our property. Um, we'd relocated from where we were working before. And um, so it, it was just this neat time. I was spending a lot of time outside and um, I just felt so much healthier. And I think that helped me get pregnant and it really helped me through the beginning of my pregnancy of just, even though everything was going on like crazy and chaotic in the world, we just had our little sanctuary living in our RV out in the wilderness on our property and um, just living off the land really. So it was, it was just a really neat experience that even though everything crazy and chaotic in the world, we had our little sanctuary. So anyways, with, with getting pregnant, um, I had been told with all the, um, complications with my first and then the miscarriage and having trouble getting pregnant and everything. I had been told that I would need to have heparin shots and that I would need progesterone shots in subsequent Mm. pregnancies. So I thought, well, the wise thing to do is to go see the specialist, the um, perinates, you know, a high risk OB and to just see just to get their opinion and see, because I'd been, you know, given a lot of information and some of it conflicting and, oh, you're definitely high risk. And well, you know, and some people had told me, oh, you shouldn't even get pregnant again. You're so high risk. So it was a little crazy. Wow. I just, it was so strange. And I had family who were like really fear-based with, with the pandemic and with birth and with everything. And they're like, oh, you should just be thankful. You have one child. You, you know, God has blessed you with a child. Now you just need to stop having children. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, you know, we really feel like we feel called to have more children. So anyways, um, (laughs) so I did get an appointment and I went to see, um, the perinatologist. And I just remember like, it was so sterile, the environment, a friend of mine helped, um, helped me with my daughter, um, and went with me. We had to go like a couple hours into town where there's a big city and, you know, all the specialists and everything. And you had to, you know, wear a mask and no one was allowed in there with you. And I remember when they took my blood pressure and my blood pressure runs really low, but when they took my blood mm-hmm. pressure, it was high for me. And they didn't notice it was Mm -hmm. high, but I noticed it was Mm -hmm. high. And I was like, oh, I just, you know, I want my husband here with me. And of course I wouldn't let him. And having had two miscarriages, you know, having an ultrasound without him there was, it was a little, you know, scary. I just wanted his emotional support. And um, anyways, you know, that wasn't allowed because it's COVID and, you know, all that nonsense. (laughs) So anyway, do you think uh, if you don't mind me asking, Hannah, do you think that the uh, that the high blood pressure is probably just a stress induced thing? Like kind of sometimes when sometimes there's this uh, I I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but there's this thing that happens sometimes called white coat. uh, You like uh, like kind of this thing when uh, you see a doctor or when you're in a um, when you're in a hospital setting getting or wherever getting your blood pressure taken you know, your uh, blood pressure jumps up because you're in the presence of these doctors. So there's the stress, you know, I guess maybe in maybe uh, psychically to kind of, you know, you want to have a low blood pressure reading, you know, that will, 
be, that will make mm-hmm. them satisfied. Do you think that that has something to do with it? Oh, absolutely. Because um, when I found my midwife and started going to the midwife, my blood pressure was always normal and my normal and low. And whenever I okay. went to the doctor, it was high for me. Oh, and um, it's funny because I had a doctor's appointment not long ago for something unrelated, you know, and I, when they took my blood pressure, it was, it was high. So I definitely, if, if I'm, especially with the mask, cause I, I hate having to do the mask and all that, my blood pressure goes up. So I was just mm-hmm. observing that. I'm like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't feel right the whole office, this environment, this does not feel right for my pregnancy. This doesn't feel normal. So anyways, the first perinate that I saw, I, she was rude. I didn't like her. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk like bad about her, but I did not have a good experience with her. One of the funny things was, was, um, I have MTHFR and I had told her that and I have the uh, factor five. So that's blood clotting risk, which is why they, I had been told I would need heparin shots. So Mm. the perinate, the last thing she said to me before she walked out, she goes, and make sure you're taking your folic acid. And I was like, lady, I have to take not folic acid, but folate, methylated. Like she didn't know that. Right. So I was yeah, like, come totally. on, lady. Anyways. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so she was like, I don't think you need heparin shots, but you need progesterone shots. So I was like, okay, great. So I don't need the heparin, you know? So that made me feel really good. Um, I guess she, she was able to look at the um, blood work and the genetic testing they done and, and observe that I wasn't as high risk. Um, I don't know the exact medical term for it, but um, however, she did think I should take aspirin, which I did not take aspirin either. I, I took nothing. So anyway, she wanted mm-hmm. me to have follow-up and to do the um, um, progesterone shots. And um, so the second time I went, I saw a different provider and I really liked him. He was very nice, very calm. Um, they made a big Mm -hmm. deal about genetic testing and I was like, you know, my husband and I, according to our belief system, that's not something we want to do. We believe babies are a blessing from God. We're gonna, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't need that. We're not going to have an abortion and whatever the baby is, is what it, what it is anyways, but they kept like bringing that up. So I was like, okay, I don't need Mm this. Well, then before it was like a week before they wanted me to come in and start getting progesterone shots. And they were like weekly shots. And I was going to have to be driving over two hours to the appointments and everything. And then I get this message that the, the perinatologist who I liked, who I had requested to see every time so that I wouldn't see the other lady that he was quitting and so I just started doing a bunch of research about the um, progesterone shots. And meanwhile, of course, I had been trying to follow the brewer's diet. I'd been doing a lot of exercising and just taking a lot better care of myself. Now, we were, okay. in, a, we were in a bit of a crazy life situation. We were transitioning from mm-hmm. living in our RV to building our house, which is you know, that's a lot to have going on when you're pregnant. Of course. So anyways, I researched the progesterone shots and one of the side effects is blood clots. And I was like, well, that's great. I already have an increased risk for blood clots. And then I was reading more and they're not even that evidence-based from what I remember reading that it's not even that, um, for sure that they even help women. And I believe there was something like the drug was approved, but then they recommended that it not be approved, but because OBs were so used to like handing out progesterone shots like candy, they didn't want to withdraw the approval. 
So I was mm. like, I just, I just don't want to do that. And then I was thinking yeah. back to my pregnancy with my first and I was like, okay, so I know that I had clear nutritional deficiencies with my first. And I was thinking mm-hmm. if I take the progesterone shots and I go their whole route of what they do for preterm labor and everything, I'll never know if through lifestyle, I can prevent pregnancy complications or if I'm just one of those women who truly does have babies early and needs, you know, intervention. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my thought process. And um, I had a really good friend. She's a lot older than me. Her, her kids are my age. And she had had two home births. And um, she was really supporting me through the process. And she's very like, anti-drug, I guess you could say, very natural minded. (laughs) And um, so she was really supporting me through all of that and really encouraging me, you know, to weigh it out and make the best decision. So I had her support, which was amazing. Her support was just Mm -hmm. such a blessing to have, just an absolute gift from God. So anyways, I decided not to go the progesterone shot method and I I just called up their office and I was like I'm gonna cancel my appointment and that was it I never talked to him again and <laughs> they never followed nice. up on me nothing and I, you know it was so freeing I just felt so good after I did that I felt so empowered I just was like I know I made the right decision you know I'm not gonna live mm-hmm. in fear And I'm not going to live in, you know, that I'm high risk, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And it it just made sense to me. Like this was, you know, this pregnancy was a gift from God and he was going to see us through to the end. And I was doing my part of, you know, everything I knew to do, eating and exercising, just, you know, everything, all the self-care and pregnancy. Um, and I learned so much, mm-hmm. you know, listening to Marin and Margot and their podcast and everything. And um, so, yeah, just, um, and it was really cool. At one point we had relatives come visit us and we live up in the mountains and we like climbed a mountain and here I was pregnant. And it was so, it was such like a little victory for me to be able to do that pregnant because in my first pregnancy, I was, I was unwell. I wasn't able to do stuff like that. So I was so much healthier and, um, I took a lot of vitamin C and I know a lot of people were like, Oh, you better be careful. You know, with COVID, you, you know, you're pregnant. And, um, I just didn't worry about it. I didn't worry about it. And I was Mm -hmm. fine. So in the meantime, I had found a midwife And, um, I really liked her. We hit it off really well. And I had started care with her. Sorry, just grabbing a drink. And, um, yeah, so she had, you know, very similar ideas and, you know, especially like with COVID and here in New Mexico, like some of the midwives were divided, which I'm sure they were everywhere, but some of them were like, you know, mask up. And one of the birth centers, um, prominent birth centers was, you know, making women wear masks in labor, all that kind of nonsense. (laughs) So it was a mess. And yeah, but we, we had like a great relationship and, and, um, she always knew like when I came in, no need to wear the mask because we were, you know, we don't do that. And I know it was hard for her because mm-hmm. other clients didn't feel the same way. And I, I know like she would tell me, I wish they would just choose a different midwife. So anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but we had a fun time and it just was, you know, it was laid back. My appointments with her sat and visit and, um, you know, just be chill and, you know, there wasn't any pressure and it was all on my terms with my first, I had GBS and they gave me antibiotics, which without my consent, I should add, I found out later that they did that. 
And I had horrible trouble for months postpartum as a result of, of the antibiotics. So this time I told the midwife, I've researched GBS. I don't even want the test to eat. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we don't need to go there. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so just, she had an assistant working with her. And so I told her, I said, I don't want anybody wearing a mask at my birth. Nobody. Like, that just, it's a symbol of fear. It's just like bringing this atmosphere in the room. And I don't want that. So, yeah. Anyways, as we got, um, let me see, in the mid 30s, 30 some weeks, I did start having Braxton Hicks and contractions all the time. And of course, we still had the life stress going on of like building our house. So I think that played into it. So I had to majorly scale back and take it easy spend a lot of time on the couch with my toddler and, um, you know, just getting really good nourishment and relaxing. Um, I did definitely have to be really conscientious about that. Um, and at one point we had a scare where I was Mm. having a lot of contractions and I was a little dilated, but I don't know if, I was just dilated because, you know, I'm a second time around mom, you know, that can be normal. Mm -hmm. So we did go in just because we, you know, we live so far out that um, there's really, if you have an emergency, you go, you don't wait for them to come to you because it's an hour before an ambulance gets to you. And, you know, our people out here. They don't have any training or skill, you know, to resuscitate a baby or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. knew neonatal resuscitation. I was more qualified, you know, than our emergency mm-hmm. response people. So we did go in and, um, by the time we went in, everything had stopped. So, you know, go figure after like five hours of constant contractions, you know, every, every two minutes, you know or less then it, then they had stopped and ironically again the um hospital staff treated me really rude and they acted really snooty when I said I had a midwife and um some one of one of our close friends and our close um friend circle out here where we live our little community is a doctor and um she had checked me um, you know, before we went in, which is how I knew I was like, you know, two centimeters dilated. And when I told them that the OB, she's like, well, we're going to check you here, which I get that. Sure. They're going to check. But like, she didn't, she didn't believe anything I said. Like when I told her my dates and I told her, well, this ultrasound had, you know, shown this, she didn't believe any of that. So I'm like, okay, lady, you're not going to listen to me. And um, so she gave me an exam and it was super painful was very very painful and when she got done she goes now you've had a real exam and I was like oh wow wow just so rude so I'm like well that makes me like that makes me want to come in even less you know yeah that makes me even more um distrusting of your system and your everything and you know um so anyways we left and that was you know the end of that little experience so finally I got to let's see 37 weeks and um had the appointment with a midwife and she was like, now you're going to, you know, be coming in every week for appointments. And I was like, oh, that's such a long drive. Cause she, she sees patients in her office and which was fine. But I was like, oh, that's such a long drive. Like maybe the baby will just come early. So I won't have to make all these trips. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, I, you know, your, your baby's good to come, but I think it just needs, you know, a little, a little bit longer. So we went home Mm -hmm. and then um, 
let's see, I don't, I can't remember what day that was, but then Saturday, um, we were at church and, um, after church, we were invited over to our, um, friend's house. And this is my friend who had been supporting me through the whole pregnancy and been with me at appointments. And I wanted her there at my birth. So they invited us over to their house for, for a meal. And we were just enjoying our time there and everything. And it was snowing and then it started to like be a blizzard and to really snow. And by the evening, we had several feet of snow on the ground and we live five, five miles down a dirt road. So mm. we knew that we would, we were definitely going to have trouble, um, you know, yeah. only four wheel drive getting to our house. And, um, we also mm-hmm. knew that, um, at that point, our midwife was not going to make it out to our house because she didn't have a four wheel drive. So we oh, kind of talked about it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just like, okay, what's going to happen here? And I'm so close. I could go anytime. And of course I'm having, you know, contractions all the time. And, um, so anyways, um, our, our friends, she, she and her husband, they were like, why don't you stay here? Just stay at our house. And um, my husband had to go out to work. And at the time he was driving truck for a propane delivery place. And so because of the roads, he was working really long hours. And so they were like, you know, we don't want you to be at home by yourself with a toddler and to go into labor, you know, all the way out there in the snow. So anyways, they're like, you just stay here. So we did that. And um, mm-hmm. we just had really fun time. She really spoiled me and, you know, cooked me lots of good food and everything. And um, mm-hmm. the, the snowstorm situation, it was a mess out here. It ended up being like a really bad snowstorm for, for this area. Yeah. And um, it was just crazy. It was like a record. And, um, it was a horrible mess for, um, my husband's work driving a big truck and mostly out here, everybody lives on gravel or dirt roads. So anyways, we were there at their house and, you know, if we were, (laughs) they did, they live, um, just right off a main road. So it, it was a good place to be. So then it was, I forget what day it was, Tuesday, I think Tuesday morning and we were just cooking her and I um just having fun and um trying new recipes and stuff and I was kneading bread and I kept having to stop just having like low abdominal pain and of course she's had four kids and so and her kids have had kids and she's been there you know for all of their deliveries too and she was like uh girl you're in labor and I'm like, no, no, this isn't polite labor. <laughs> this isn't labor yet. I, this, is, this is different. She's, no, you're in labor. <laughs> so I called my husband and, you know, he was out driving on the roads. The roads were so bad. And I'm like, you need to be on standby because I'm probably going to call you, you know, to come back. And I gave my midwife a heads up, you know, hey, things might be happening. And then I went like, they, their driveway is this, is on they live on the side of a mountain so it's a steep hill so I'm like well let's see if this is really labor or not so we went in like two feet of snow her and I and my toddler and we just hiked up and down the driveway just to see okay what's gonna happen and sure enough I kept having lots of contractions so um my husband got off work and came back And, um, we went and took a nap and kept having contractions. And when we got up, um, gave the midwife an update. And, um, since I was in a different location, I was further away from her than initially we'd planned. And then with the blizzard, the roads were just so unpredictable even for her to get to us. 
So we were a little like up in the air about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so we weren't sure what to do. And in one sense, I was like, well, I think I'm okay, you know, if she doesn't make it. But my husband and my friend, they were not okay with that. They were not okay with the midwife not being there. Um, They were like, we we want the midwife. (laughs) My friend, she goes, you know, it's it's funny. However many stories I hear of this kind of similar scenario happening, I always feel like it's the mom who's the most content with the, with like, ah, if the midwife shows up, she shows up. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it's the other support people. They're like, no, the midwife needs to show up. <laughs> or like exactly. have like a little bit of anxiety about it. It's so funny. Yeah. Sorry. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my husband, Anyways. like he was, he was on board with the home birth, but he was not on board with being a home birth without a midwife. So, you know, he's yeah. on a journey too, you know. We'll get there with yeah. him eventually. <laughs> so oh my anyways um and it was a little unpredictable with the snowstorm you know of what what could happen or anything and so anyways my support people were definitely more worried than I was I was just chilled and um anyways then I get this um while we were taking a nap we missed a call from the midwife And, um, so she left a voicemail and her voicemail, I don't know. It was just so interesting to me. I was like, I don't know what to make of this. She was like, Hannah, I've been praying for you. And I just really feel impressed that you need to come into town. And she said, I'm going to make arrangements for somewhere for you to stay. And she said, I'll take it out of my feet to you guys. And, um, so we're like, wow, that's really interesting. So, you know, and I, I really had a good relationship with her. I did trust her and, um, Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, God can speak through her too, just like he can speak Mm -hmm. to me, you know, and before we had, I guess I left out a detail before we had went to take a nap, we had all knelt down and prayed together that God would bless this birth and just that everything would go safely and that God would lead and guide us. So I thought, well, Hey, maybe he's speaking through my midwife. So my best friend who's now passed away, some midwife, and I always call her for advice on everything. And I called her for everything for years. And I had, I had um, worked with her for a little while and delivered babies with her. So I called her and was like, well, what do you think? Let me get your opinion. And then I called my midwife back. And um, she said to me, it was just, it was so strange. It was out of, the, out of the blue. Like it gave me, it gave me goosebumps. She said, I saw your midwife friend and she didn't know her name. She didn't know anything about her. She just knew that I had a best friend who was a midwife who I had done some doula work with. That's all she knew. And she knew that, you know, we were good friends. She goes, does she have long black hair? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, she does. She's like, I saw her when I was praying for you guys. So I'm like, oh my word, that is crazy. So we all took that as like, we took that as our sign are a sign from the universe mm-hmm. that we needed to go to town for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why because her birth went perfectly right. smooth. No complications, no nothing. I don't know why, wow. but only God knows. So we just, yeah. we just trust him. So anyways, hear that and you have to, you have to, you can't control everything about birth. You know, you can have your perfect little plan, but you know, it's totally birth. And and I mean, and exactly. And when signs like that come up, when it's like, 
you know, when it's in birth, in birth or just in life, if something like, if something like really just feels just so intuitively of like, I can't ignore this, this is a sign for something, I don't know what, but something it's like, why wouldn't we, you know, choose to listen to it? I feel like it's almost like counterintuitive and not probably not good to ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) to this point, I was having regular contractions before we left. This was in the evening. We were getting around like going on eight o'clock and my friend made me a bowl of oatmeal with, um, with dates. Cause I'd read, you know, to help you through a long labor. And I wasn't sure what, what my labor would be like at this point. It was still early labor, but regular contractions, very regular contractions. So anyways, I had my bowl of oatmeal with dates and then we packed up and left and um, we had to take the long way around to town, which ended up making it like a three and a half hour trip instead of like a two and a half hour trip um, so that we would avoid the snowstorm and the bad roads because the roads can be really bad. And so my midwife had an Airbnb place where, where we went And, um, when we got there, so I was having contractions like the whole way there. And, you know, I mean, I could manage them on my own, you know, but they were a little uncomfortable in the car and my friend Mm -hmm. was timing them about 30 minutes before we got into town, they tapered out to like every 10 minutes. (laughs) And this was like, from being like, you know, contractions every minute and a half you know, lasting 30 seconds or or longer. So we're like, oh, okay, great. We drove all the way in here. You know, it's midnight now and nothing. (laughs) So anyways, we, we just went to bed and um, in the morning, then I was, I was feeling really confused in the morning when I got up, I'm like, what's going on? You know, why is this happening? I, I was just so confused about everything. And I was like super in my head about everything and overanalyzing and well with my first this and with this, this, and you know, all of that. And um, Mm -hmm. I I guess I never really realized that I overthink things until this birth. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm super overthinking everything. So, you know, you through birth, you find out things about yourself too, which was, you know, an interesting revelation, I guess, about myself. So Mm -hmm. I had a chiropractor adjustment while I was there in town and uh, went to see my midwife. And um, we left my toddler with my husband and my, at the Airbnb. And my friend took me to the chiropractor and to the midwife. And, um, Oh, my husband was all uptight and his, because of the snowstorm and everything, his job, he had been stressful the past couple days and we just hadn't had any quality time together. I felt like, and, um, so he was a little uptight. And when I walked in my midwife, she's like, your husband is uptight, isn't he? She's like, I can feel it. And she's, and he's not even here. I'm like, yeah, he's uptight. (laughs) So (laughs) it was funny and she, you know, she knew me really well. So it was great. So she, I wanted an exam and, um, they're like, wow, you're, I forget how many centimeters I was dilated, but she's like, the baby's about ready to just drop out. She's like, you just need a place to have this baby. And we had to check out of the Airbnb because they had another guest coming in. So we couldn't stay there. So she's like, we just need to find you a place to have this baby. And so we were sitting there talking about it. And she's like, well, a hotel is awkward because, you know, that, that doesn't always go so well. So she's like, we just, it would be just so nice if we had somebody's house, you know, that we could use. So she made a few texts and phone calls and a friend of a friend of hers had a vacation house there in town. And they're like, yeah, they can use it to have their baby. They can use it for free. They're like, we would be blessed to have a baby born in our house. So it was just so cool. 
So we, we got there and um, my friend then switched and she took my toddler for a few hours and my husband and I, we just had time together and it was really nice. And just to labor together and be by ourselves. And um, at this point though, I was feeling like this baby just needs to come. Like it's been nice being in labor like this, but I just, I need like the real strong contractions that actually hurt so that this baby can be born. So <laughs> like, and I think I was still like up in my head. I, I still needed to let go. So we got everybody there. My friend was back. Our daughter was back and um, midwife and, and her um, apprentice um, got there and she made me a little smoothie with um, castor oil in it. And mm. I forget, she, <laughs> she did something else. Because at this point, I was like, yeah, just whatever you got, I'm going to, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's get this over with. And um, mm -hmm. so we did all that and had a couple hours of contractions picking up, did the toilet thing. She was like, sit on the toilet. That'll do it. Sit on the toilet. And um, which did that that really did do it. And, um, mm -hmm. I was just eating and drinking through labor. I mean, it was honestly, it was great. It was, it was so, um, peaceful and just the environment felt right. It wasn't, you know, all tense or tight or hospitally like, like with my first, everybody was just chill, you know? So it was really, it was really healing to experience, you know, this is normal birth. This is, you know, what birth is like, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So finally though, mm -hmm. I started to get a little antsy, you know, um, I'm like the midwives had came straight from, from clinic to, um, to, um, the house where we were. So they hadn't had supper. So I was feeling bad that they had not had supper. So finally I'm like, they don't need to be here. Like we're fine we got this. I'm fine. I'm just laboring and you know, it'll happen when it happens. They can leave. They can go whatever, eat, rest, whatever. Mm -hmm. So finally they're like, okay, we're going to leave now. And, um, so they tucked me into bed. They walked out the door, drove down the street. And then I had like a huge contraction and I like yelled, I'm like, call the midwife to come back now. <laughs> like, I'm going to have this baby. <laughs> so, um, I could tell, I knew. I'm like, I am transitioning. And my friend knew too. She's like, yep, you're transitioning. So I got back into the bathroom. It was funny because we, we never noticed when my water broke. I labored a lot in the tub. So I don't know. It may have been towards the end in the tub. I don't know. We never knew exactly mm -hmm. when it broke. Um, cause you know, usually that's a sign like, Oh, my water broke, but this time it was not. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, so we got, I got back in the bath and at this point I, up into this point, I didn't really need like anybody's help. Um, you know, I was either in the bath or like walking around the house doing, you know, little circles around, it was a tiny house, you know, holding my husband's mm -hmm. hand. I was kind of dragging him around the house. But at this point, you know, after I transitioned, I had to have, um, I, what do you call it? The massage on the back, you know, when you put the hand on the back there, whatever it's called, um, uh, through every contraction. Mm. So my friend and my husband took turns doing that. And I think, I think it was about an hour at that point from when I transitioned to when baby popped out. So just those last contractions, you know, they're intense. And I did get on the toilet again, which was really helpful. And I just, I just put my fingers up there to kind of feel when he was there, you know, and I'm like, okay, he's right there. I'm going to push him, you know, and kind of help myself push him out. I gave myself like, uh, what do you call it? Perineal support, um, through contractions. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay. you know, my friend and my husband had the pressure on my back, got back in the mm -hmm. tub. And so the midwife said, 
because of my good nutrition, my uh, perineum was really strong. It didn't just give and break, that it was like strong and it stayed intact. And I had a tiny tear, but not, not anything like my first. With my first, they gave me an episiotomy, which was horrible. Mm. So anyways, I did not expect it to be so painful pushing him out like you know how they say Mm. the ring of fire you know when you're right there pushing him out yeah Mm -hmm. that was painful I'm like oh my goodness am Mm -hmm. I ever gonna get his head out like I'm pushing and I'm pushing am I gonna get it (laughs) and that was really it was really a um profound moment for me because with my daughter she had she was right there just I could feel her head right there but not crowning just right up there and Mm. she was like that for hours and wouldn't come down and finally they're like well we're gonna use forceps and then her heart rate dropped and you know then they went to a vacuum extractor and an episiotomy and I don't you know Mm. I don't know what all was going on with my first but right you know with my son it was like I pushed my own baby out I conquered that um you know that moment in birth that where my daughter I felt like that was taken away from me they stepped in with Mm -hmm. all these interventions you know that really caused more harm than good in many ways yeah so Mm -hmm. you know I felt like I owned that moment that you know I was powerful I could do it and you know so it, it felt good even though it was hard and I remember thinking this is it. I'm not having any more babies. This hurts like hell. <laughs> but I'm, I was like, I'm not going to yep. tell my husband that because I'm not going to tell my husband that. But in my mind, I was thinking it. <laughs> so anyways, oh, I finally, uh-huh. you know, got him out, picked him up myself and put him on my chest. And my friend, she was there the whole time. She was just so she kept saying like encouraging things. You can do this, Hannah, you know, you got this good job, girl push. So it was so encouraging. And uh, when the baby Mm -hmm. came out, like we were just all crying and, um, you know, you can't describe that moment. It's just such a glorious moment. There's really no words for it. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So then, um, it's kind of interesting. My midwife felt like I was bleeding a lot. I was just so in the moment mm. that I didn't really feel like it. So she went ahead and gave me a shot of Pitocin. And, um, you know, I, I think whatever, that was not a bad thing to do. Um, got my placenta out. They got me in bed, but I did have really bad afterbirth pains. So, and it was just recently that I was mm. talking to a friend about her births. She also had natural births at a, at a birth center, actually. And um, she was saying, I didn't have any really bad afterbirth pains. So I think the Pitocin maybe, maybe made my afterbirth pains worse. I don't know. Mm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, that could. Anyways, I'm thinking in the mm-hmm. future, I'll opt out of that Pitocin shot if you know if I have a midwife who even has that option available to them um Mm -hmm. but anyways I mean it was what it what it was and it wasn't like it was a horrible thing or anything um so then we just we all got in bed together it was like one in the morning and it was so nice because with my daughter you know they took her away to the nursery even though I didn't want them to they did anyways Mm. you know I mean, they didn't, you know, I had told them what I wanted, but they didn't listen to that. And I didn't have any advocacy or anything there for me. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this time it was, it was what I wanted and what was, you know, just what, what felt right for us, what went along with, with our belief system in, in our whole life, not just how we believe about birth, but how we believe about life, everything about life you know, we didn't want to be separated from our kids. And anyways, it was just so, it was so beautiful and so natural. And then we just got to spend all that time cuddling with a baby and then 
a couple days later, we were feeling well enough and the roads were then good enough to make it back home. And, and my little sister, she came and took care of me for a week after he was born and cooked us yummy food. And I basically just got to stay in bed with him. And it, it was just so amazing. Just such a beautiful healing, healing thing. And I just kept him in the bed with me and so sweet. Yeah, there's just, there's really no words to describe that experience when you get to experience and it's every woman's right to experience that. But so many women don't know or don't choose, you know, or for whatever reason that experience is taken away from them. That's a really sad thing. I think that's the beauty of, you know, all of us telling our story and just spreading information out there to women that there there's something better out there that you can have you know if you choose it yeah absolutely couldn't I could not agree more Hannah thank you so much um it was such a pleasure again and a huge privilege and honor to connect with you and allowing me to hold space and listen to your story today I'm so grateful to you for that. Thank you so much. Um, and is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah. I mean, number one, thank you for having me on and listening. I know mm-hmm. not everybody <laughs> likes to hear birthy stories. You know, we're all excited to share a story. <laughs> not everybody's as oh, into it as we are. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, I would just say you know, to other women out there, like live your truth, like live, you know, your belief system. Don't feel threatened or coerced or pushed into, you know, doing what someone else thinks is best for you or following some other system or, or protocol. Like you can know the truth for yourself. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, the truth will set you free. And it really does, Mm -hmm. you know, the truth sets people free and it's the same with birth. It's the same with birth, birth and life. And it's, it's all connected. It's all the same thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Hannah. That was lovely. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been fun. Mm Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.